unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you who, earneth, who heartily repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and sincerely and earnestly purpose by the assistance of God the Holy Ghost, henceforth to amend your sinful lives, and in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. For our intro wit today, uh, we will turn to page 64 of our hymnal supplements, uh, where we will read the uh, intro wit there responsibly. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thou thy face? And forgettest our affliction. Our soul is bowed down to the dust. Arise for our help and redeem us. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days. Thank you. 
let us pray. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Please be seated. Our epistle lesson for today is taken from the 11th chapter and the 12th chapter of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Beginning to read there at verse 19 of chapter 11. For if you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise, or you put up with it, if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face, to our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. But in whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day, I have been in the deep. In the journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak and I am not weak, who is made to stumble and I do not burn, with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a, with a garrison, desiring to arrest me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. How he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
Here endeth the epistle reading. the Lord, all ye nations, and laud him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Hallelujah. Our gospel lesson for this morning, and also the text for our sermon today, is taken from the eighth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God, those by the wayside, are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and those who have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of our Lord. Let us join together and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of life, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, whose faith I promise. And I believe in the Holy Christian and Apostolic Church. I acknowledge my baptism for the remission of sins. I live in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. We will continue by singing the office hymn, hymn 823.
please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is taken from the gospel lesson, uh, which we read earlier today. Dear Christian friends, the parable of the sower, which is our text for today, is probably one of the first parables that comes to mind when anyone mentions the term parable. I think this is because unlike most parables, the sower has a very detailed explanation that immediately follows it. We generally define a parable as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, but this definition is not exactly given in scripture. Some of Jesus' parables have explicit interpretations like this one does, but many do not. In most cases, when Jesus is telling a parable, the gospel writer will describe it as such as Luke does here. But despite our familiarity with the idea of parables, and with this parable in particular, like anything in God's word, it is good for us to return to it and see what things it can teach us. For we know that any study of God's word is good for us, and these are the words of Jesus himself. One thing that jumped out to me as I was looking at this again is that the size and diversity of the crowd is something that Luke specifically calls out for us, coming from every city. And indeed, Jesus himself was traveling through the countryside and preaching in every city and village. At this point in his ministry, Jesus was starting to become popular, in, at least in the sense of being well-known. People had heard about his miracles and teaching and were at least curious to find out what all of the proverbial fuss was about. Imagine then that you are one of these curious hearers. For most who heard this the first time, the sermon ends at verse 8 without the explanation. Why on earth would this great preacher be giving effectively an extended lesson in gardening? There is no obvious implication to any of this except that Jesus implies a much deeper meaning when he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Without this, the story could be understood as being entirely earthly. But this closing tells us that there is a much deeper meaning here, and this seems to be what prompted his disciples to ask more about it. And possibly to our surprise, Jesus' explanation begins with a reference to the prophet Isaiah. This sounds an awful lot like Isaiah 6 verses 9 through 10, uh, which comes from the story of Isaiah's account of his own call from, from God directly. And he said, go and tell the people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their eyes, ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Wait. Does God not desire repentance? Does God not want us to return to him and to be healed? We know that he does. He testifies to this in his many words through the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 18. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? God reveals himself to Moses at the renewal of the Ten Commandments in this way in Exodus chapter 34. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But how is it, though, that we turn to the Lord our God? Is it through our own efforts and our own understanding? It sure is tempting to think so, is it not? We may look at this parable and see the different kinds of soil enumerated and see, say, see, I am the good dirt. I am the one who hears in a noble and rich heart. We may ask ourselves though, if we are sorry enough or try to be sorry when we realize that we have sinned. And we may want God to give us credit for how sorry we are. At the end of it, we want, uh, we want to read the explanation of this parable and see ourselves as that good soil. 
But it is true, and it is tr indeed true that we should be sorry for all of the sins that we commit, and we should sincerely wish to amend our lives. This is part of true repentance. But this repentance is something that God works in us through the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It is something he reminds us of through his word and why it is important for us to take every opportunity we can to study and learn from his word. As uncomfortable as it is for us to be reminded of our own sins and our own failings, it is absolutely necessary for us in our lives as Christians. As Christ says in his explanation to this parable, the seed is the word of God. It is only the seed that can grow and bring fruit. Without the seed, the ground is just dirt. It can bear nothing of itself, just as we cannot without the Holy Spirit's aid and help. As we have been reminded in our sermon series on Romans, all of us alike stand condemned before God's law. In Romans chapter two, we read, for as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. We have certainly heard the law, but have we done it? A moment's reflection tells us that we have not. We certainly have not loved God with our whole hearts. We have taken his name in vain. We have not honored the Sabbath. We have not obeyed our parents or the government God has placed in authority over us. We have wished harm on our neighbors. We have lusted after those who have not been given to us. We have stolen, we've been lazy, we've been dishonest, we've coveted things that are not ours. And perhaps worse, we know, and God knows, through our own inattention, we can resemble the seed that fell by the wayside or the rocky ground or the seed that fell among the thorns. We can be far too worried about the thorns of the cares and concerns of the here and now and not concerned enough with our own spiritual life and health. But the sower, who is Christ, does not do his work to trample and scorch the ground, but to enrich and bring forth fruit. We all remember John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just as crucially, it is immediately followed by this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There is a promise that is made frequently and abundantly in God's word, that the word, and especially the gospel, has the power to make believers out of unbelievers and to strengthen the faith of those who do believe. It is the word that will not return to God void. Indeed, it is impossible to think about the natural growth and flourishing of plants without thinking about the water that they need to grow. And God knows this too. This passage, which is from Isaiah, is an alternate reading for today for this very reason. In Isaiah chapter 55, we read, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Just as the rain which waters the crops and the snow, which we've seen far too much of in the last few weeks here, goes forth and accomplishes the purpose for which God sent it, so does his word. The law tells us of our sin, it convicts us, it prepares us for the gospel, which reveals how God purchased our salvation by becoming one of us, living a perfect life and dying in our stead. The waters of baptism and the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper are not merely reminders of what God has done and continue to do for us. They actually convey the benefits that they promise. Through God's word and promise, they, are, they truly offer and convey the forgiveness of sins and salvation unto us. 
And these things give us the ability to do God to do good works for God, to bring forth fruit as he desires. It is not through our own strength or merit or effort, but the Holy Spirit who works through the word and sacraments that he gives us power to do works pleasing to God. He is the one who gives us the power to bear fruit. And so let us with grateful hearts bear happily bear fruit with the help of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God to the glory of our great sower. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. together the general prayer. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank thee for all thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of thy dear Son, and for the revelation of thy will and grace. And we beseech thee so to implant thy word in us, that in good and honest hearts we may keep it, bring forth fruit by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal, with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, and to all our judges and magistrates do them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure and to the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty may it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace all who are in want sickness anguish of labor peril of death or any other adversity, especially those who are suffering for thy name and for thy truth's sake. Comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, 
that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth, nor the many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by, father, by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season, give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations, to all pure and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessings. We ask especially that thou would be with Linda Conkaby after her recent hip surgery, that you would also strengthen the DeWitt family at the loss of Jerry, and that you would be with our Bishop Heiser and his family as they face the death of his mother. These and whatsoever other things that thou wouldst have us ask of thee, O God, vouchsafe unto us, for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let us please be seated. We will continue with the distribution hymn, hymn number 578.
to examine ourselves as St. Paul exhorteth us. For this holy sacrament has been instituted for our, the special comfort and strengthening of those who humbly confess their sins and who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But if we thus examine ourselves, we shall find nothing in us but only sin and death, from which we can in no wise set ourselves free. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ hath had mercy upon us and hath taken upon himself our nature, so that he might fulfill for us the whole will and law of God, and for us and for our deliverance, suffer death, and all that we by our sins have deserved. And to the end, we should the more confidently believe this, and be strengthened by our faith in a cheerful obedience to his holy will. He hath instituted the holy sacrament of his supper, in which he feedeth us with his body, and giveth us to giveth us to drink of his blood. Therefore, whoso eateth of this bread and drinketh of this cup, firmly believing the words of Christ, dwelleth in Christ, and Christ in him, and hath eternal life. We should also do this in remembrance of him, showing his death, that he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification, rendering unto him most hearty thanks for the same, and take up our cross and follow him, and according to his commandment, love one another, even as he also hath loved us. For we are all one bread and one body, even as we are all partakers of this one bread and drink of this one cup. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God. And now do we praise thee that thou didst send unto us thine only begotten Son. And that in him, being found in fashion as a man, thou didst reveal the fullness of thy glory.
our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. to death for all of your sins. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given into death for all of your sins. Take also and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins.
Now I ask you please to stand. May this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, your sins are forgiven.
Good morning to all. The announcements are uh, relatively brief and should not be surprising in the uh, in, in the bulletin for today. Uh, midweek online Bible study continues in the book of Hosea on February 15th. Um, believe it or not, the week after that will be Ash Wednesday already. Um, so we will be getting into the Lenten season. Uh, any other announcements for today? The bulletin is is lighter than um, yes. We do. We had everything we needed. All right. Any other any other announcements for this morning? All right. Then uh, God be with everyone uh, throughout this week, and uh, we hope to see everyone again next Sunday morning. Thank you.